It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the PHNX Sun Devils live show brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download today and receive $150 in free bets when you use code PHNX and bet just $1 on any football game this week. I am joined by Brittany Boyer, as always, and today we have a super special guest, um, the man behind the field. Brian, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? We're good. We're good. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about um, the field in a second, but... First of all, I just want to talk about the gold jerseys. Ooh, gold jersey drop this Saturday. It's going to be super, super exciting. Brian, did you get, because I know you work with Sun Devil Athletics. Did you get to see any like behind the scenes stuff of them planning that at all? Well, actually over the summer, we saw some uh, glimpses of what was to come. So uh, we actually do that so that we can tailor some field designs to kind of coordinate with the jerseys or the helmets. So we have just a minor thing planned for this weekend to kind of coordinate with the jerseys themselves. I didn't, I didn't know that was the, the, the uh, kind of interlocked. That's really yeah, interesting. I don't yeah. know if everybody does that, but uh, uh, we have a good relationship with our equipment staff and we enjoy doing that. Yeah. So those gold jerseys, I wore it on our launch show day. I'm going to bring it on Thursday to show you guys in person. Well, not in person, but on video again, I'm going to hold They're it basically up. here. It's parasocial. Put it on display. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's, it's pretty sick. I think it looks great. Um, I think it looks a lot better than the other gold jerseys that they did in years past. They actually don't look like huge bananas out there on the field. <laughs> so, um, yeah, what kind of – you said you have a very minor design plan for this game. Um, years past when they would have the salute to service game, you know, you would do some sort of camo design on the field. We saw the amazing, huge black state of Arizona with the sparky head leading up to the U of A game. And I know that there was a reason that you had to do that to try to hide something on the field from the week before, right, against Oregon, I believe? Yeah, that, that's right. <laughs> uh, um, people have kind of uh, assumed that we meant something by that state of Arizona, like, like the Sun Devils are ruling the state of Arizona. Mm -hmm. And I don't stop people from saying that, but in actuality, <laughs> we were just trying to – cover up the pitchfork from the week before with something large and rather than just do a circle or square around it we thought since it was an in-state rivalry we'll do the the state of arizona and i thought it came out beautiful yeah oh, it looked great for um, sure. so you want to pull up that uh the tribute uh from last week um brian johnson everybody this is this is one of the coolest things i've seen on a field can you just talk about the idea process that went into doing this and then the actual uh, execution of it. Well, I, I would like to take, I would like to take full credit for that, but I, <laughs> I have a, I have a wonderful assistant, yeah. Josh Lenz that kind of ran with that. And he's a, uh, he's very artistic and very creative. I actually had something else planned. Mm -hmm. uh, but then when I saw what he had planned, it was just so much better than what I was thinking. And so uh, he had that all mocked up on his computer and, and everybody, within athletics was really on board with it. And uh, th the reason that we ended up going with that, it was kind of a subtle design on the field. We didn't mm -hmm. want to do some loud painting like you would do for a celebration because it's kind of a solemn moment and we kind of wanted to do something, uh, uh, you know, just, just solemn and, and uh, you know, not loud. And, yeah. and I thought 
I thought that came out perfectly. I, he had it on his computer, and I thought, well, yeah, that looks good. And then once uh, he kind of ran with it and, and actually did the the painting on the field with it, I thought it I thought it just hit the hit the mark perfectly. Yeah, definitely. No, there so it was very detailed, despite the fact that it was uh, not an incredibly loud piece. You know, it still had a lot of work, a lot of really special things about it that I think it takes a minute of looking at it to appreciate. So how, what was the process like of actually painting it on the field? Was it a different sort of approach to doing this kind of artwork because it wasn't the same? And how, how did you guys have to go about that? Yeah, actually. Uh, so on, on a, for a Saturday game on Thursday, uh, we do, uh, uh, um, we do actually spray the field green. I, I'm not. I'm not afraid to admit it. Well, that's uh, why it looks so beautiful. It, it's just a sign of the time. So we do spray the field green, and then when we uh, cleaned out the spray rig, we had some green left over, and that's what we used to kind of give that area just a little bit of a darker green shade. And all that detail you see in there, that was just all Josh. He just kind of. Uh, you know, the crease in the buildings to kind of give it a three-dimensional look, the antenna on top of one of them, uh, doing the 9-11 clear with the green trim, and then the uh, we remember with uh, actual green letters. Um, so that was just a lot of string running and uh, measuring out. Early that morning, Josh and I uh, kind of had that all drawn on graph paper, and we, we actually hand-brushed it on the field. And mm -hmm. then uh, later on that afternoon, kind of filled it in with green. And... Uh, uh, I think it's it's one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite designs just because of how it came out and just what it stood for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is this is such a niche thing to be doing. How what was the process of getting into something like this? How did you get into actually designing a field? Well, uh, uh, I'm just I'm just a groundskeeper mm -hmm. and and uh, and fortunately had some talent with with painting, and then just over the years. Um, knowing what would hit the mark on a field painting wise. Um, typically, like you said, Brittany, you can't get too detailed and too intricate on football field logos. Uh, you kind of want big, bold logos mm -hmm. that'll mm -hmm. stand out. The fact that this was so large, uh, the 9-11 tribute, the, the buildings were so large, we were able to uh, get some some detail in that, in that uh, um, design. But uh, I guess, it's a very unique groundskeepers are a very unique it's a very unique job mm -hmm. uh we're we're throwing seed and fertilizer we're mowing we're sharpening blades we're mechanics at times but then you also have to throw in a little creativity and because uh aesthetics play a large role in in football games these days it's mm -hmm. just the way Definitely. it is and it, this job has taken you so many different places. I know you've been honored to be able to do uh, a couple of Fiesta Bowls, I believe, right? And the Cheez-It Bowl. And you've been to the Super Bowl before to paint the grass. So what have those experiences been like for you? Well, it, they've been wonderful. It, it all stemmed back to my my first day on the job at ASU or you know, working my first football game. My boss at the time just kind of literally gave me a paint gun and said here you go uh you're in charge of that and oh my I gosh <laughs> never done it before and uh uh so fortunately like you know I, I feel like i have a little skill that way and and then it was just really the right place at the right time for the nfl and the super bowl work where uh super bowl 30 was in sun devil stadium and and the nfl crew that normally does the field needed some help and they uh uh, they asked if we could help, and I said sure. And and then uh, they liked the work that we did and invited us back. There's actually three of us on our current crew that uh, work the Super Bowls every year. So 
Uh, I think it's a it's a feather in the cap for ASU that we have uh, you know three members that are working alongside all these other NFL groundskeepers at the Super Bowl. Every have, year. Is that the pinnacle? Is that the triumph? Was the 9/11 tribute the triumph? What is your favorite thing you've done uh, that this job has taken you? Uh, well, I uh, Super Bowls are great. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for I had worked a couple Super Bowls, uh, Super Bowls 31 and 32, and then I had I had to go do the Pro Bowl for three years in a row in Hawaii, and I thought, well, that's really a good <laughs> job over there. I don't want to ever see another Super Bowl again. But then, uh, once I started doing them again, then it is it's it's the biggest sporting event in the world and when you're out there painting something the midfield logo that nfl shield is what i'm responsible for at at the super bowl and you know that coin's getting flipped and literally millions and millions of people are seeing your handiwork so that that's a pretty cool uh a pretty cool deal now in terms of uh traveling around uh coming up here we're going to be working an nfl game in london and I, i really enjoy those games it's kind of uh uh, it's just a different atmosphere over there, and and uh, I just really love London, and and that's that's really fun to do. But I guess in terms of prestige, that's that Super Bowl field, you just can't beat it. Definitely. So you said you got your start at ASU, right? What was your very first ASU game that you ever prepared for? Well, gosh, you know, you'd think that I would be uh, able to remember. L- that able one. to remember that. <laughs> Looking back, it would have been the. The fall of 1985, whoever ASU was it was first on their schedule. But, um, you know, literally, uh, you know, we kind of joke about it now, but literally I had never painted anything in my life. And, and uh, my boss, Kenny Rosenbaum, back in the day, he just uh, said, well, we got to paint the end zone. Here you go. <laughs> and, uh, and so fortunately it worked out. But, yeah, you know what? Uh, when I get home, I'm going to look that up. That's something that I should should know i feel i feel that's funny um what's like the most challenging part of this process of uh, getting a field ready in general well uh it it really is a grind the whole season Mm -hmm. is a grind you know you you really can't let up and just think oh the field's looking great and kind of ease up on things there's always diseases that can pop up or just little things you know so really um it all starts post game after a game. We uh, we stay practically all night and mm-hmm. and mow and fertilize and reseed the field and uh, fertilize and change heights on the mower and do this and that and that just kind of sets the tone for the week. And then you know you're uh, uh, just staying on top of the watering and and for instance I, I sprayed fertilizer today. I'm going to spray fungicide tomorrow, and then on Thursday Friday we'll start our paint for this coming game. So. There really isn't. Uh, there really isn't a slow day during the week. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it's it's kind of a groundskeeping is hard. It's kind yeah. of a constant constant do you, battle. Do you when the monsoon season comes? Do you guys ever like see rain? And you're like, damn it! Like, does it no, ruin it? no. I uh, well, I I love thunderstorms and I love yeah. rainstorms. Uh, I love them. You know, uh, January through mid August. Yeah. You know, but outside then, of uh, football season. Yeah, outside of football season, but. You know, monsoon season is really a, a critical time for the field because the Bermuda grass that we have on our field actually thrives during that time, and it, it welcomes that humidity and welcomes that rain. So, um, you know, I'm actually rooting for all those uh, dust storms off in the distance to actually make it to the valley and right. and get the get the field nice and wet. Now, uh, once so 
uh, I thought monsoon season was over. And then the night before our very first home game yeah. this year, we had kind of a, uh, a freak downpour and it, it, uh, it rained like four tenths of an inch and I'm just standing there like, and no. it, it really is, there's nothing I can do. It's really too early in the season to put a rain tarp out with the heat that we have that time of year. So, um, you know, you just have to cross your fingers and, and we got burned by it that time, but the field played fine the next night. We had a, a breezy sunny day the next day and, and it all worked out. But what was the most stressful game that you can recall ever trying to prepare the field for and what made it be that stressful? Well, um, I don't know the year. It was a U of A game probably, gosh, 10, 15 years ago. It was a home game, um, you know, right after Thanksgiving. And and so we had to paint the field kind of like two years ago. We had to paint the field early the mm -hmm. year that we did that uh, big sparky at midfield because of rain the next couple of days. But this was like a four-day rainstorm. And uh, we painted the field really early in the week, and we had the tarp on there, and it – it rained and rained and rained, and we pulled that tarp off on, on game day. And um, that's before we did the stadium res uh, renovations, and my sprinkler clock was not really protected. Uh, we had a little cage down next to the field, mm -hmm. and I, uh, the night before the game, I was just worried about that clock getting wet from all the rain uh, and shorting out and starting the sprinklers underneath the rain tarp. So I actually slept in that little cage all night long while it was wow. raining and uh that you know, is dedication. spiders and cobwebs in there and it, it, was, it was kind of fun but uh, <laughs> uh well i wouldn't have been getting any sleep at home if i wasn't doing what i did because mm -hmm. i would have just and and there was water running down the wall and that clock was getting wet and i just uh i just felt like i wanted to be there in case i needed to be there in case something happened mm -hmm. uh so that was a little bit stress yeah when so you talked about how after games you guys stay late but what is the actual process of like repairing like fields that are pockmarked with all these um cleat uh, uh imprints or just like on a rainy game like when this turf starts getting or the fields are getting torn up what's or, the process or like? when the wildcats come and just blatantly yeah. start ripping it up with their cleats <laughs> yeah i don't like I, I uh i don't like them for that <laughs> uh but um well so we'll get on the field right away with a mower and mow. And, and what's really nice, especially with the weather we have early in the season, all those divots repair themselves. The type of grass that we have, the Bermuda grass, just that fertilizer. And then during the week, you'll see those divots start to, uh, the grass on the sides of them fill in and grow mm -hmm. sideways. And so there's not too much work. But now, starting after this Colorado game and for the remainder of the season, we'll We'll walk the field with pre-germinated ryegrass seed and we'll, uh, guys will take a five yard lane and with a bucket of seed and they'll sprinkle a little uh, pre-germinated rye seed in all those divots. Mm. And, um, and then just with the fertilizing uh, that combined with the seed, it, it tends to uh, you know, all repair itself for the next game. Now later on in the season, uh, starting usually at the end of October, we put blankets on the field every night. They're called growth blankets. And so, uh, that just keeps the field warm at night and helps that seed germinate faster. So that way we can have wear and tear from a game. And if we have a game the next week, uh, it's not, it doesn't repair itself as quickly as it does early in the season. So then we use these blankets to kind of aid in that, in that transition. Interesting. So when it comes to painting the field and getting the design that you guys mock up on the computer <clears throat> onto the grass, how do you 
get the lines to be so precise? I mean, do you use spray paint? Is there like some string and some little stakes that you use? What's the process of getting all of that accomplished? Well, we uh, were very rare. I think we, we don't use stencils for our end zones. We have all that drawn on graph paper, just like you said. And, and then it's, it is a literally just running some strings and tape measures and uh, taking a paintbrush and outlining the, uh, the outlines of all those letters. And we mix a little chemical in that paint that makes the grass not grow very fast so that that outline will last like three or four games. Like the, the, the brushwork that we did way back before our first game, you can still see the outlines of our end zone letters on the field. So, so, can paint so we it? can just kind of paint over that. Now, for the Pac-12 logo and the Sparky logos on the 25-yard line and the big pitchfork at midfield, we do have stencils for those. And fortunately for the Pac-12 logo and Sparky, there's not a lot of straight lines. You know, like Sparky, it's all curves and that. So we just kind of dot out that logo. And then it's just kind of like uh, paint by numbers where you just kind of connect the dots with your spray gun. Now, the midfield logo, that great big 40-foot by 80-foot pitchfork, because it's like symmetrical on both sides of the 50 yard line, you know, mm -hmm. we kind of really have to do a lot of measuring with tape measures to make sure like the, the point on this side just barely goes through the hash mark. We want to make sure that it just barely goes through the hash mark on the other side, because you'll notice any different like that mm -hmm. difference like that. So when we have that stencil laid on the ground, we run a string on top of it on the 50 yard line and we make, measurements you know here and there and make sure you tug the tarp a little bit over that way so that when we dot it out it's perfectly uh, straight and then after that tarp gets folded up then we do every game we run at least on the bottom of that pitchfork where there's a lot of straight lines we'll run strings every game just to make sure you uh it looks good it uh, sounds like a lot of work but... it does was it easier to i'm assuming it was probably easier to paint sparky midfield yeah yeah it uh yeah, you, you can't go wrong, you know, if that if his foot gets a little bit wide there, nobody's going to really notice, but that that pitchfork just because like I said it's perfectly symmetrical and you got to uh make sure that, you know, the bottoms are all straight because they're straight lines, but even the tops, even all those curves on the top, you want to make sure that they're uh, you know, the same distance away from the yard line, you know, on, on both sides of the yard line. Have you had any um, serious mishaps with designing a logo or anything? Have you made it, has anything ever looked weird under your supervision? Uh, you know, we've been very fortunate. I, there, there was a time, I think it might've been the Cardinals first or second year here where um, it was a preseason game. So it was still really hot and the paint's drying mm -hmm. really fast, but I think we painted the 10 yard line on the five yard line <laughs> and the, the 20 yard line on the 15 and the 30 on the 25 before we realized we made a mistake. So it was uh, pull those up, uh, hurry. Everybody's running to the shop to get a bucket of water and we're trying to scrub them off. But because it was so hot, it was really hard to, to get it off. So for that meaningless Cardinals preseason mm -hmm. game way, way back when, if you ever saw highlights from that, you could see a faint tan on the five-yard huh. line. Uh, but other than that, uh, we've been pretty much mistake-free. That's good. Cross That's our good. fingers. I don't want to see Sparky with like a lame eye or something one time. <laughs> no, no. So what – I know that uh, you like to kind of keep it under wraps and do a little reveal every week, but do you have anything that you want to share about um, some of your designs that you have in store for later in the season as ASU um, continues to progress, you know, 
gold jersey reveal this week. Um, the Wildcats come back to Tempe later in the year to cap things off. Washington State at home for homecoming. Uh, you have anything in the works that you, you want to preview? Um, uh, well, we haven't gotten what we hope to do for this weekend's game, I think, officially approved yet. I'm assuming that it'll happen, so I'll, uh, I'll wait on that one. And then we don't actually have specific designs. I've heard that we might be doing a different midfield logo for the Stanford game because of the theme of that game, but again, that's still up in the air. Now, I do have a feeling that, that uh, if I have anything to say about it, that that same midfield logo for the U of A game will make a reappearance. Uh, okay. Um, so, because uh, that, that just really kind of hit the mark for me. I think it just, uh, the coloring of it, the, the the giant sparky face, we did that back in the day quite often in the end zone. Awesome. And I just, uh, I knew when that was on paper, I just knew it was going to translate well to the middle of the field. It was large, which is fine. Mm -hmm. uh, we had to do something large to cover up that pitchfork. Um, and, and so we don't have designs really i think that we're trying to do we started it about uh well we started it a couple years ago and then last year we couldn't do it uh with our schedule and covid but we actually did a, a fan vote where we had a couple of field designs one was with the forks up hand correct yeah where they were in the corners instead yeah. of the sparky that was replaced I, right yeah actually actually we started it three years ago and we actually had a fan vote then two years ago, we were going to do it again, but again, we ran into a bunch of rain. I think uh, uh, maybe, it was, it was, maybe it was Oregon, that Oregon game. Around the Oregon yeah, game. Yeah, and we were tarping the field so much, and that game that we were going to do the fan vote for, we just didn't have the time during the week to uh, design some new stuff on the field because of the weather, mm -hmm. and we had to kind of cancel that one. So I really would like to bring that back. I just think that's kind of a fun idea. I don't know of anybody else that does that and we like to be innovative and and uh so uh that's super so innovative. we'll pick out a game and, and come up with some designs and and see how that goes well as i was saying before you interrupted I'm my sorry. amazing transition that sounds like hard work but you know it's not hard work using the DraftKings sportsbook i mean man it is so easy so seamless just like that transition <laughs> um and right now you can download it and uh, get $150 in free bets when you use code PHNX after you place $1 on any football game. And uh, they're spicing things up with these same game parlays. I talked a little bit about this. I talked a little bit about this yesterday. It's super fun, super easy to mm -hmm. do. I wish they had field props. I don't know what they would be, but they'd be pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, and uh, I had some fun with it last night with uh, Aaron Rodgers. I put um, under seven and a half rushing yards. He had six, which was which was really fun, pretty risky. But um, honestly, I kind of like the props. Like, yeah, they're so fun. More so than anything, yeah. and just going and putting a couple dollars down, like three dollars on somebody to rush like whatever or i th i put money on kyler murray to be voted um uh, the nfl's mvp yeah. and so you know just like a couple yeah. dollars wins you a bunch my so favorite my like, favorite thing in these, uh, in these same game parlay props is betting the under on a player you don't like so you can root against him that's what i that's what i've been doing with people i don't believe in Ooh, that's it's, a good it's one. pretty spicy i like aaron Rodgers. i just don't like his legs um, i don't, think I don't really fast. like aaron Rodgers as a person <laughs> i think he's a jerk okay so download the DraftKings sportsbook app now use that code phnx get your 150 dollars if you place just one dollar on any Football game this week. Get it instantly. Uh, 21 plus Arizona only. Gambling problem called 1 800 Next Step. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See slash sportsbook for details. Woo! Also, make sure you go to gophnx 
Check out what we have on the website like we talked about the we other day. We got a shirt in the works. Huh? We got a shirt in the works. We do have a shirt in the works. And it's going to be awesome. But, uh, you know, you have access to everything that's on the site, not just the ASU content. You also get access to our members-only Discord chat room where you can talk with us about anything and everything sports-related as long as you keep it nice. No being mean or bullies. You can be mean to me. Yeah, you can be mean to Shane. No one really likes him that much. <laughs> um it's it's just we have a lot of good content we're going to be getting more video stuff on there for you soon so make sure go over to go phnx subscribe you get a shirt when you sign up for a yearly subscription and speaking and of shirts there's a buy one get one free going on right now for members only that too. so if you're a member go get yourself two shirts for the price of one um and yeah uh, become part of the phnx family it's a good time over here um all right well let's get into our question of the day um do you want to do that now or you want to do today's question of the day? Cause I did oh, yeah. yesterday's question of the day to talk about those questions. Let's do that. So yeah, today's question of the day, let's get it out there for you. Um, will ASU have another game this season where penalties will ultimately, ultimately cost them the win. Um, go ahead and drop us a reply. I'm going to post it right now on Twitter. As you can see me on my phone. Where do you, where do you watch the games? I'm usually sitting at the base of the Pat Tillman statue um we are responsible for uh pulling the nets up and down for field goals mm-hmm. and extra points and i'm there with uh you know we got three or four guys at each end of the field so um yeah i'm usually there i or for you know hopefully not but uh if there's ever something out on the field that is an issue you know and we need to go out and address it during a timeout but uh that's very rare. So, so you're front and center for all of the uh, all of the games, and is it is it um is it as hard as it is to watch when ASU is committing this many penalties in person as it is on TV? Well, I don't, uh, you know, believe it or not, um, I'm just really super focused on yeah. the grass. You know, like I'll you know I'll be mowing the field after the game, and, uh-huh. and they'll have like the the stats up on the board. You know, uh, time of possession mm-hmm. and penalties and. I'll look at it and I go, oh, I didn't, you know, I, I'm just yeah, looking sure. down at the grass. That's, and that's really, such a funny You know, I, I'm actually rooting for a lot of running plays up the middle because the clock keeps moving. And uh-huh. as a groundskeeper, we want less plays yeah. on the field. So, uh, you know, guys running out of bounds or incomplete mm-hmm. passes are uh, bad news for do you, do you ever feel yourself cringe a little bit when you see, like, somebody take a hard jab or a hard cut? Yeah, but that's <laughs> – that's what it is. That's yeah. what it's there for. Hopefully, if I'm doing my job, uh, they'll be able to do that and do their job. So, That's funny. Uh, um, so, yesterday we talked a little bit about our question of the day being if we thought penalties or turnovers were a more concerning thing for Arizona State. I said penalties because I felt like it went back to 2019, you know, when Eno Benjamin was still no, at Arizona State. You yeah. said turnovers yesterday. That's what I said. Did I just not say yeah, turnovers out loud? Yeah. I meant to say turnovers. Yeah. So I was totally thinking of him at Oregon State yeah. running into the end zone, uh-huh. fumbling the ball. I thought you were ball, trying to like switch up on the, on the phone. No, I was, I'm sorry. That was an accident. I totally thought I said turnovers and penalties came out of my mouth. Yeah. My bad. Um, no, it is penalties. I think, or turnovers for me. God, see? doing it again. Um, I think that the turnovers were detrimental to them, and I think it's something that they've continued to have. You know. An issue with, but you said penalties. I said and penalties. I do also get that. So, so mainly on the part where it's just so hard for me to watch a game like that when the team that you are covering and you want to win the game is are killing themselves. 
and and it, and it just kind of hurts. Well, it makes it hard for them to get a rhythm where you actually want to watch. Yeah, like for it's sure. Just so stop for sure. As, as a casual fan, it, yeah, for sure. What about you? What do you think? Do you think it's worth uh, to commit as many penalties as you've been doing or turnovers? Well, uh, I was up camping this last weekend, <laughs> and I taped the game. And when I got home, I uh, looked and saw the score on my phone, and then I just went to the uh, DVR and hit delete. So I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I didn't. You know, like, I, I'm not even going to bother with this. I, I'm doing. I'm doing that with every every team that I'm fully invested in and have a passion for. I just get too nervous to yeah. watch the games live. I, you know, I have to at you know when it's Some a home game. Yeah. But um, it's just become a habit for me. I'll I'll tape the game. I'll you know if they win the game, then I'll watch, and if they don't, then I I save myself that heartache. So, uh, but you know. Uh, I am a fan of clean football, you know, uh, mm-hmm. not turning the ball over. And, and But I really don't have an answer for which would be their biggest issue. Yeah. I, I try... I try to stay focused on the field. Like I like there's a there's a lot of moving parts with a football team. For sure. mm-hmm. You know, all the players and the coaching staff and all the support staff and if everybody just concentrates on doing their job well, you know, it leads to uh, good things and I you know, we ha- we have smart people that know a lot more about football that are going to get this turned around, and I just have to trust that they're going to do that and stay focused on my job. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're almost contractually obligated every single episode to uh, talk about our upcoming game, even though we we're going to cover it a bunch on Friday. So we'll yeah. we'll, we'll do one question about Colorado um, for this for this upcoming uh, game on Saturday, um, but we'll go into it more on Friday and, th- and Thursday, of course. Um, but what do you think the biggest concern is going to be going into this game for the Devils? <sighs> turnovers, <laughs> yeah. which is what I said yesterday too. Yeah. But um, turnovers, I think that they absolutely cannot just – we they spotted away. them seven points yeah. basically with 30, like 30 seconds in. They're already yeah. down seven, nothing. Yeah. So, I mean, you can't do that. Um, you, you Okay, also, in four games last year, they had eight turnovers total. In one game this year, they had four turnovers, which is like yeah. half of what they – It just mathematically, when you look at it on paper, mm-hmm. it's ugly. Yeah. So that is mine for sure going into this game. I'm not. Colorado. I'm not. I'm not typically. I'm not. I guess worried in the sense for this team um, in terms of their defense, but I would be worried if they gave up a lot of points to Colorado. Um, See, ASU's defense, I think, is way stronger than Colorado's offense in terms of um, yeah. the players that they have. I just and what think they're, they're able more to talented team everywhere. Oh, yeah, but um, Colorado has a strong defense, or at least so we yeah. thought when they played A&M. Did you see the game against A&M at all? I know that it was the day of ASU-UNLV, and so I saw you at uh, the Crafty Tailgate, but I don't know if you got to see the Colorado A&M game at all. I didn't, no. So it was a really, really defensive game. It was so weird. It was what like seven seven it was seven to three seven to three for, until like until like two minutes to go in the game and then him was like holy hell we're a top five team came back <laughs> yeah. um but colorado's defense looked solid then they played minnesota mm-hmm. over the weekend and got shut out um it allowed minnesota i believe to put up like 33 or 36 um so i think it kind of speaks to the the volumes of how much their offense actually lacks. Yeah, I definitely want to see Chip play. I really want to see Chip play. I want an update on Chase Lucas. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we've gotten any of those yet, but 
Um, um, I haven't seen anything yeah. on either of them, but I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I didn't really do a ton of research <laughs> on that today since we talked well, about well, it yesterday. Yeah. So that could have been announced in the last 24 hours, well, but I'm assuming it's something they will probably keep more yeah. under the wraps until closer to game day anyways. It's yeah. not. Well, we'll we'll be covering that um, going up to this week. Obviously, we'll cover way more in Colorado moving up. So let's let's get off of that. Let's, let's have some fun. Let's talk about today's great debate. Um, what... Why don't you start? Why don't you give it to us? What What did you prepare for the great debate today? What is the perfect spread for a tailgate? And I thought about this because I saw Brian out at the Crafty Devils tailgate, mm-hmm. and Crafty Devils has lots of stuff. Like always, he's got some. I think last time he had some brisket or something, um, and then he had pulled pork and um, Juan Roquet, his mm-hmm. tailgate. They like chicken wings up there. And I myself am always like classic burger person. Yeah. So I like to know what everyone's favorite classic game day spread is. If they could like p- like plan yeah. their own badass best tailgate yeah. ever. Um, and so I want to start with whatever your meat selection. I want to start. I want to start with Brian. Brian, what well, what is your like dream but that's you don't a, have to start a, with everything at once you can okay. just go with like one thing so like let's start with like what your meat would okay be. that's the easiest question you're gonna ask me all day I, I was thinking of what you might ask me i didn't know that i was gonna be talking about my uh tailgate meat <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm a carne asada guy okay uh, carne asada i could eat that for uh, breakfast lunch I like and dinner it. seven that's days a original. week yeah uh well it's just easy to cook um you know it's cut very thin uh you know five minutes aside on a grill and then it's ready to go. You chop it up, put mm-hmm. it in a tortilla. Uh, gosh, you just can't beat it. It's, e- it's, it's easy. So good. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever had anybody say carne asada before. Yeah. Well, we went over this on our tailgate um, Sundays at 9 a.m. By the way, um, we were at the, on our first episode of the tailgate and Jacob gave me a weird uh, look when I said this, but mine's brisket for sure. I think it's the best meat and it, 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 it it's super tailgatey. It's smoked. You can, you can get that nice, long cooked flavor when you're when you're preparing it throughout the day and that's kind of what tailgating is it's, it's an experience for the whole day so mine's definitely brisket i like vegan burgers no i'm just kidding <laughs> um disgusting i want a fat ass juicy angus burger that's like freshly ground or at least as freshly ground as possible because my mom makes them at home they're just a plop mm. oh my gosh that is my absolute favorite thing in terms of like if i'm going to have a protein because i like just regular cheese pizza yeah. kind of a little little baby <laughs> I, I love how you're you consider yourself a pizza snob but you only like cheese pizza that's just my favorite like i'll eat pizza okay. with meats that's on fair. it but it's not my favorite like if i'm going to sit down and like actually eat for a tailgate like my ass wants to get full yeah and i don't like i'll eat pizza with other toppings on it but it's just like i want like one of that piece and then like one of a different fair. piece and then like one of a different piece so i can't order like a whole pizza and be content unless it's cheese because then i just am like not tired of it. I'm good. Um, what's what's next? Uh, okay. Uh, next, best type of chip to go with whatever type of meat you have, and I'm going with hot Cheetos because I always eat my burgers with hot Cheetos. I like shit super spicy. Add a little Tabasco on there. I gotta think about this for a second. What's your favorite type? Favorite chip, hands down. Uh, Trader Joe's has a dill pickle flavored chip that oh. has a lot of dill flavoring in, mm-hmm. and when you get three quarters of the way through the bag and you got the smaller chips down on the bottom and there's extra seasoning mm-hmm. down there. Gosh. Um, uh, again, I, they're the best. Yeah. <laughs> I love how prepared you are for this. Yeah. <laughs> I like food. Yeah. Um, 
Okay. We're foodies, if you can't tell. We do a lot of yeah. questions about food. I'll say um, those tortilla chips that are like like Chipotle has them, but they also sell them in a bag. Those like salt and lime chips. Yeah, those are good. Oh, I could eat those for hours. Those are, those good. are so good. Okay. Um, like the, whatever side you would have to go with it. Like normally I would say French fries if I was at somewhere where you had mm-hmm. access to a fryer, but that's probably. I'm a sucker for refried beans. Unlikely out at a tailgate. So yeah. I would say mac and cheese would be my next oh, go to side. A, that's a really good one. I think I'm going to change yeah. my answer. Mac and cheese is Mac mine. and cheese. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that a lot. What's yours? It's actually with brisket. I'm surprised. Yeah, that's good. Um, again, I'm kind of going off the uh, off the radar here. I'm, I, I like coleslaw. Uh, Ooh, yeah, I'm kind of too. a coleslaw, but I'm fussy with coleslaw. Um, coleslaw snob. I'm a coleslaw snob, <laughs> but uh, a well done coleslaw. It's always and it's always the side that I choose when I go to a restaurant mm-hmm. and they have sides. I choose coleslaw, and they give it to you in a tiny little cup. Yeah, and you know, like you order a salad and it's in a big bowl yeah. with dressing, and then you get coleslaw. What's so different about the cabbage that makes them serve it in a tiny cup? Yeah. It's it's kind of my pet peeve, but uh, it doesn't make any a sense. Big at all. bowl of coleslaw. <laughs> yeah, my mom makes really good coleslaw as well. I don't really cook very much, so I kind of just always reference stuff she makes. <laughs> um, if it was up to me, I would eat out all the time. Okay, it's shot time. Not realistically, but if we're at our own tailgate, what are you pulling out to do shots of? Tequila. There's no other answer. <laughs> oh my god, I would die. I never, never. Uh, tequila. It, it's not close. It's rumble mints. Not rumble mints. <laughs> no, mine. My mom. <laughs> Mine's rumble mints. My mom, first of all, loves rumble mints and the peanut butter whiskey is obsessed with that and i, I like the peanut butter that whiskey rumble mints i've i've rumble mints just i rumble can't mints do it. is I a one-way ticket to blackout town yeah. and i've learned that more times than once but you know what it's always it's always good it always goes down smooth and it's always a great time so. brian what's yours uh easiest i when you uh earlier i said the easiest question you're going to ask yeah, me was this my was? favorite meat uh, but jägermeister oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah yeah you offer jaeger to yeah. you offered jaeger to students who didn't storm the field after one it of the wasn't games. students i said twitter oh, followers. Not students, but followers i you said followers so you hate that too storming the field you must hate oh, that. I, I hate oh that. I, yeah, I hate that yeah i hate that but i didn't say students no uh, i just um i saw it in front of a, i believe it was like a group of students but i I did. I remember seeing. Well, they were all yeah, twenty-one. Well, yeah. uh, just yeah. don't storm the field, and I'll give you a shot yeah. of Jaeger. <laughs> and uh, but I, I just love it. I every and after every shot of Jaeger I have, I follow it up with like a, wow, who went like this? And uh, <laughs> I just can't imagine somebody taking a shot of Jaeger and not yeah. liking it. So, so I mean, I'm assuming you hate Jaeger moms. You hate people that do that. Straight Jaeger, ice cold Jaeger. I uh, one time I thought. And I don't know what I was thinking. I thought if I mixed Jaeger and root beer, it would be good. But the Jaeger ruined the taste of the I root beer, and the root beer ruined the taste yeah. of the Jaeger. But so yeah, it was a good thought, but yeah. it didn't. I could see you being like one of the people who has the little Jaeger chillers in their home, like you know how when you see at the bar like the fireball shot chillers, like no, it's a Jaeger chiller. Oh, I, I have that. You, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I yeah, you need to come over to my house. I I, I have all the gear. <laughs> I love it. All right, I love it. what beer are you sipping on at your tailgate the whole time? Well, it depends where I'm at. Like if I'm at like if me and my buddies are at a tailgate, I'm there's no other reason to have anything nice. But if like like if I'm at a tailgate with options like there's it's a, it's a different question so if we're with my buddies we're drinking the cheapest shit we can find we're drinking cores um we're drinking natty um we're drinking keystone but if i have options um one ipa just one one single bottle of an ipa and then i'm gonna throw up um because okay. I, because i would just eat too much food um so one single ipa and then light beer 
Except Miller. If you drink Miller, I hate you. That was a very not specific answer. All right, Brian, you want to go? <laughs> uh, any kind of an amber, like a Michelob Amber Bach, uh, any kind of a, an amber beer. Uh, what did Crafty hook you up with last week? Uh, uh, water. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I was, was working. <laughs> I was working. It well, was... I was too. I stopped over there. You know, I like to go over and say hi, even though when I got to go inside to go to work. And they're like, oh, you know, you should have something. It's like, no, I'll have some fun. We took my scooter around. I was pouring beer in Sarah's mouth while she was driving the scooter. But, um, you know, I'm really like people are going to get mad at me for saying this, but I'm really just like a Mick Ultra f person. I feel like it's light and I can just crush a bunch of mm -hmm. them and not feel like I weigh 200 pounds and also not feel like I'm going to burp the alphabets and, you know. Yeah. I also don't get super, like, super, super drunk off of them, so I can keep going. So I, Mick Ultra would be my, my vote for that one. Um, and that's about all I have for our, our tailgate game. Love it. You guys want to do anything else? No. What, what would your tailgate game be? What game do you want to play? Cornell. Oh, see, I would be flip cup. Oh, well, if it's a drinking game, then yeah. There's it could be any game. It's tailgate. Yeah, well, I'm playing cornhole if it's just game. But if it's specifically drinking game, then I, I don't know. Anything. Anything works. just depends on who's around. But cornhole is my answer for any game. What game uh, would you I, I'm a cornhole. Uh, yeah, I'm a cornhole. Uh, I like cornhole. Yeah. But I get very easily like i just feel like my whole family is not fun to play with and then i just get annoyed and i'm like you know what i i'm done i'm done with this i'm gonna walk away you guys took the fun out of this process and so no more so yeah at least drinking games everyone just gets drunk and does doesn't <laughs> um all right well coming up this week for the colorado game um obviously our guys down at Den dnvr we got some of them coming down mm -hmm. so we have a bunch of really cool crossover stuff i'm actually hopping on with rk um, a guy at DNVR that covers the buff after this. I'm having a call to get some ideas going um, for what we're going to be doing. Um, but, yeah, so for the Colorado game, we're going to have some crossover stuff with DNVR, DNVR XPH, and X. Um, it's going to be really fun. Um, we'll keep you guys updated coming to this week on what's going to be coming out. Um, some of the stuff will be on the website, so don't forget to go subscribe at gophnx.com. Some of it will just be live streams. Some will be YouTube videos. Um, but it's going to be really fun. I'm, I'm super stoked. It is. And also, just in case you guys uh, didn't get a chance to hear yesterday's show, wrapping things up a little bit about the rest of Sun Devil Nation, you know, ASU Triathlon did a great job mm -hmm. over the weekend. They took first in their duel in the desert meet that they hosted in Tempe. They're off for a couple weeks until their next one. Because, I mean, let's be honest, they just did yeah. – an entire triathlon. How much would somebody have to pay you to do a full triathlon? Well, yeah, I've never been a runner uh, or a swimmer. I, I float in my pool, but I, <laughs> I, I'm, I've never yeah. swam or ran. I I can ride a bike, but uh, I would do I would do horrible mm -hmm. at a triathlon. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so they got the win. They're preparing for their next one, taking a little bit of a break to rest and recover. ASU soccer up there in the rankings right now. Their Eight only one, loss right? comes to number five yeah. LSU, and it was on the road a couple weeks back. Eight and one. They are preparing for their opening of Pac-12 play this week on Friday up in Washington. Uh, volleyball starts Pac-12 play this Thursday against U of A. I'm sure it's going to be a game they would love to have mm -hmm. a lot of su support for. So if you are available, make sure you get out to that. Um... What else did we not cover? Uh, I think that's about it. Just uh, yeah. we're off tomorrow. We are off tomorrow. Thursday, we'll have a podcast up. Friday, 
We're back here for fun day, Friday fun day. Friday fun day. Friday is going to be a banger. Yeah, we can't wait for you guys to see our theme. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be really fun. Well, Brian, thanks for so much for joining us. Um, ASU fans, get excited, get stoked. It's going to be a fun weekend. Anything else to add, Britt? No, I think that's it. Um, Thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, We'll see you again soon. Later, guys. See ya.